Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. A lot of us like to let our thoughts simmer (laughs) and that comes back up. So you can't avoid it forever, right? So you can push it to the back of your mind, but it comes out in other ways. And that's what I like for people to know about mindset is that the work is never done. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Is mindset front of mind for you? While you're working on your business, crafting marketing, messaging, and dreaming up new ways to serve your clients, are you also working on you? As this guest will tell you, mindset is often the piece of the puzzle that's holding you back from your greatest potential. Topsy Vandenbosch is an expert in entrepreneurial mindset, helping women shed toxic thought patterns, negative thoughts, and beliefs that prevent them from showing up and making bank in their businesses. Her passion and skill for mindset work comes from a foundation in mental health therapy. In this interview, Topsy will help you identify the excuses you keep telling yourself and reveal how they're actually holding you back. We'll also explore why anxiety might be a gift for an entrepreneur and how to recognize and navigate self-sabotage. Here she is, my friend, Topsy Vandenbosch. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Gold Digger. Break up the routine of a day spent indoors, explore workshops, classes, and more in topics such as graphic design, illustration, photography, productivity, and entrepreneurship. Get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger 2. Thanks to Fiverr for supporting Gold Digger. It's so easy to find freelance talent for your business or product. Do not waste any more time. Get 10% off in the service you deserve by going to FIVERR.com and using the code Gold Digger. All right, Miss Topsy, I am so excited to have this conversation with you today. So welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jenna. I'm so pumped. This is going to be lit. (laughs) It is going to be lit. Uh, So first, Topsy, tell me about your career. You developed into being this mindset coach for female entrepreneurs. And I have to know, like, was that something you always envisioned? Was it one of your giftings in life? Or did this just sort of happen? I think it just sort of happened. So I own a, I own, I own a mental health therapy private practice on the west side of Michigan. And I just noticed there was this gap in the people that I was serving. So I was serving, I actually ended up niching down. So I got into private practice in 2016. I joined a group practice and then I decided to go off on my own. And I noticed, even though I was serving female entrepreneurs and ambitious career-focused women, I noticed that every now and then I would get people who wanted business coaching. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. that's not diagnosable. So like that's It's not in the DSM. I can't really see you for therapy, for business coaching. That's like a conflict and so, and an ethical conflict. And so I started thinking like, 
there has got to be a lot of women who maybe do have a therapist, but they also have mindset struggles with their business, just imposter syndrome and struggles with confidence and like things that are non-clinical that I can see them for for coaching. And so I started Googling my, I thought I made up mindset coaching and (laughs) so embarrassing to think about. And I Googled it and I found at the time my mindset coach, but at the same time, it was this feeling of, Oh, I'm not the first one. Like, okay. <laughs> like, brilliant idea, but <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't my own. And so I actually just I hired her. I didn't know any. I didn't. It was just really funny. I emailed her and I said, "Can you help me transition yeah. into coaching?" And she's like, "Sure." Like, here's the link to to, to book. And it, it was like I don't remember, like 500 bucks. And at the time, it was like. <gasps> I got to invest. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess we're doing this. And so I never looked back and she really helped me pivot a lot of my messaging and just really make it crystal clear what I was doing with female entrepreneurs. And it was a whole nother business. And so she really helped me pivot into that and pivot into it powerfully and just really feeling confident and owning my skill set, knowing that I was bringing something unique to the coaching world. And I was super, super honored to be able to do it. So it's my life's work to help people. And that's just always been something I've been that way since I was a kid. I love people. I get my energy from being around people. I love helping people. And so it just made sense that eventually I would grow older and get a degree in social work and decide to change the world that way. (laughs) I love that. What, like, when you say I'm a mindset coach for female entrepreneurs, how would you describe your work? Because if somebody's listening right now, they're like, do I need this? Is this something I need? Tell me like what that looks like. Yeah. So as a mindset coach, I help female entrepreneurs discover, identify and crush the toxic negative thought patterns that have been preventing them from being able to make the money in their business that they've always wanted to make. So I love to help female entrepreneurs make bank. And a lot of the time what's holding them back from making the income and the impact they want to have is the way that they look at their work, the way that they look at the world. And I really help them restructure that and discover new beliefs that actually serve them. Imposter syndrome being one of the number one things that female entrepreneurs tend to struggle with. And it breaks my heart, but I'm just determined to help stop that cycle in its tracks. I think that is so important. And as you're speaking, I can be one person that raises their hand and says, (laughs) I have avoided mindset work for so long. (laughs) Because it's like you're unveiling a lot of deep-seated beliefs and patterns and thoughts and processes, and it's messy. And a lot of times it's like uncovering the stuff that we've hidden. And I know even earlier this year, I was doing some mindset stuff and I was like, dang it, like this means that I've got to do the work. So what (laughs) does that look like for you? Because I think nowadays so many people are so focused on strategy and, Mm -hmm. you know, do this, post this say this, but so much of it is rooted in our belief systems. Mm-hmm. So I really love to look at where do your problematic beliefs, where are they coming from? Is it coming from childhood? Is it coming from, you know, past traumas? Is it coming from your past experiences with rejection or, you know, people just not really believing in what it is you have to say? So it always comes from somewhere. So I really love to help female entrepreneurs identify where are your beliefs coming from and what is the actual truth? Right. So what's the actual truth? Because there's what we feel and then there's the truth. (laughs) And a lot of people don't like to go there because that's deep. That would mean dissecting and confronting those beliefs that have not been helpful to them in their journey. So I think that that's where you start. Even it's just really looking at how are your current beliefs affecting where it is that you want to go? How much farther could you go if you were to undo, destruct, destroy those, you know, toxic thought patterns that are just unhealthy and that are sabotaging your success. So that's where I like to start when it comes to identifying like what mindset work you even need. Because a lot of people do want all the business strategy, right? Like you want all of it. Like, you know, tell me how to accomplish whatever 10K months or tell me how to always have like, you know, people like clawing their way to work with me. And it's like, okay, but you can get all that and still lose it all. Just from having, I like to say it, I'm really, really blunt, guys, so bear with me. But I love to say, just from having a trash mindset. (laughs) 
<laughs> and yes. I mean that with the most love, you know, like you can have all of the success in the world, but if your mindset's in the trash, what does it even matter? You know, what does it even matter? You know, as we've been voice texting daily, <laughs> one of the things that I want to ask you that I've just been curious about is a lot of times as teachers, mm-hmm. the messages that we're sending out are the messages that we need. Has mindset ever been something that you've struggled with personally? Like, is that entwined into the work that you do? 100%. I think it's something that I, especially at the beginning of my journey as an online coach, it was really hard. It was hard you know, just having criticism from other therapists who didn't understand why I was pivoting into coaching or why I was leaving the field behind, which that wasn't true. I still have my therapy practice, but I think that was really tough. So I had to work with my mindset coach on how to navigate those uncomfortable conversations, people who don't understand what coaching is, just people in general, and like having to feel super confident in Coaching works. It's been around for a long, long time, way before me. Like I'm not doing anything that people aren't already doing. Executive business coaches have been around for forever. And so I think it was the opinions of other people that was really tough, really feeling like I didn't have any other colleagues that were therapists like me who also wanted to add coaching as an additional part of their practice, part of their business model. I think it was re- it was really, really tough and fearing judgment from like people online, not quite knowing what it would look like once your account grows. How am I going to handle people sliding in my DMs and like, you know, wanting to judge me for something that I said or me not saying something in the right way. So I had a lot of issues with imposter syndrome starting out. But I think what was really helpful is really determining what the truth was and confronting those beliefs instead of just letting them simmer. A lot of us like to let our thoughts simmer. <laughs> and that that comes back up. So you can't avoid it forever, right? So you can push it to the back of your mind, but it comes out in other ways. And that's what I like for people to know about mindset is that the work is never done. You know, you just make, I like to say, I like to call imposter syndrome, the imposter monster. And... <laughs> It makes it a little less scary, right? It makes it a little less scary. It makes it funnier, right? It makes people giggle because I want to make these topics approachable, especially even for adults. I used to do that with kids when it came to their feelings and naming the feeling and making it an animal and making it normal. Like, okay, like, you know, my colleague thought of a program called Butterflies, Bats and Bears and butterflies was anxiety and nervousness and bats was like feeling scared and bears was anger. And so I think that even with adults, we really resonate well with the message not being quite as scary, like there's something wrong with you. You know, when you make something a monster or you personify it, you make it seem like you can just tell it to go, you know, go screw off. (laughs) And so it's really powerful when it comes to identifying and really destroying the root of the imposter syndrome that you're experiencing. So that's what I found really helpful is just really being able to confront my thoughts instead of allowing them to just simmer and sit there because it doesn't, it comes back up at the most inopportune times. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's something else. So, yeah. I want to know, so imposter syndrome is something we've talked about it on the show before, because I think that every single person and specifically women and women in business are constantly feeling like, who am I to do this? Who am I to teach or who am Mm. I to show or serve? I want to know, like, what is a strategy if someone's listening to the show and they're thinking, you know, I want to step into this new role or I want to pivot or I want to do more, be better, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And they're really struggling with that identity that comes along with it. Do you have any Mm. strategies to help kind of overcome those blocks? Yeah, I like to first start with those toxic thought patterns that are preventing you from doing what you love, from really stepping forward and doing the work. What are some of your toxic thought patterns? Do you believe that no one in your family has done it before? for. And so therefore that means that you can't. Does that mean that, do you believe that your worth is tied to your productivity and what you do? So if you're not making sales, you kind of wonder like if you're even making
making a difference? Are you afraid of, you know, being a certain type of business owner? Do you have an aversion to sales? You know, what are some of those toxic thought patterns that are just stopping you and that are just flat out BS? I think that that's the first step is really identifying what they are. And then I like to also go to what are your core beliefs? So core beliefs are what you actually feel regarding a topic. So for instance, a lot of people don't realize that if they struggle with selling, then they probably have this core belief that sales are bad. They probably have this core belief that sales equals the used car salesman (laughs) who's super slimy and would sell you like a lemon and with the quickness, right? And so... I think that it's important to identify what are your core beliefs. You have to understand how what you really feel regarding your ability to accomplish something is going to affect it actually happening for you. So if you don't actually believe that you are meant for greater or meant for more, or if you don't actually believe that something's going to work out for you, then why would it? (laughs) And that's really harsh, but it just comes down to what are your core beliefs? What are your toxic thought patterns? And then the third one, the third actionable step I have is separate your feelings from the facts. A lot of people treat their feelings as if they're facts, and that is not accurate. Validate your feelings, right? Like you want to validate them. You don't want to ignore them. You want to acknowledge it, but then you want to identify what's actually true. For instance, I might feel like somebody was trying to dismiss me or be rude to me with something that they say, right? And so I feel hurt, right? I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to validate it. But then I'm going to look for what's actually true. Let me ask a follow-up question. What did you mean by that statement? (laughs) What did you mean by that behavior? I'm curious or I'm confused. And so really get curious about what is actually happening rather than going off of your base instinct, which is to use your feelings as the facts, which can be just so dangerous when we're making business decisions and just life-altering decisions that affects our families, et cetera. Really important to dive in deeper. And where could you dive in deeper? In every area. In every every area. Yeah, every area, every corner. (laughs) Just dive, girl, dive. (laughs) It's so amazing to hear you explain this and to think about this. And one thought that came up as you were sharing that I'm curious if you've encountered with your clients or even Mm -hmm. with yourself is that women, I feel like are more afraid of success Mm -hmm. than failure. Like what would become of them if they actually succeeded? Have you experienced that at all? Oh yeah. I used to struggle with that. It was, what would it look like if I got everything I wanted? I, here's the thing. I'm going to cuss now. I knew that I was the (laughs) (laughs) I knew that I was the I knew that I had a lot to offer. I knew that female entrepreneurs could benefit from everything I had to say, you know, everything I had to teach, but it was this like fear of success. Like what if it all goes well, what would that look like? How would my life change? What friends would I lose? (laughs) So where would I live? And it's just like so bizarre because I don't know that men think about that. (laughs) I don't know that they do. And so I feel like women, we're just so prone to doubting ourselves because history has shown us over and over again that cis white men are the standard for success. They're paid more. And certainly the gender stereotypes that are still around, that also doesn't help. So I think when you look at it, even just historically, women have always gotten screwed. And so when we want to do something new and different, we can sometimes just feel like I don't want to go for it because I don't know that I can handle the effects of what happens after that. What if my husband is, or what if my spouse is nervous about the success that I've gotten and feels like I'm going to leave them behind, right? That's a real thing that men can sometimes struggle with. And so therefore, because we as women, stereotypically, we tend to be caring and loving and all of those things it can be a little bit harder for us to just go for it because we're too busy loving and caring about everyone else around us and neglecting ourselves sometimes in the process. 
again, that's not like a black and white statement. I understand that, you know, women have, you know, varying different dynamics and ways of handling things. But just in terms of the clients that I've served, this has been some of the issue is that they they overthink. <laughs> Sometimes <Yes>. they overthink. <laughs> we always overthink. I know. Yes. And I, I feel like even when I talk to women who have found success and worked for success, there's still this level of fear too, that it's like, what if I get everything I want and I'm still not happy? Oh, and yeah. I feel like that is one of those mindset things mm-hmm. that we have to uncover. What comes up for you when I say that statement? Because I know we've talked mm. about it offline as well. It's yeah. just, you have everything. Will you ever be happy? Yeah. I honestly think it's like an ongoing process. I think when people make money or status, the destination alone, that's where you're going to find that it's not going to be enough. I promise you it won't be enough if you're not doing the mindset work to make it be enough, right? We have to decide and make that decision that this is incredible and whatever else God has for me is for me, but I am so happy with what I've accomplished so far. And it's a conscious decision we have to make. I don't believe that when we ever truly arrive, I don't think we ever truly arrive. There's always going to be more. There's always going to be more we can do, more goals to crush, more quotas to hit, more sales to make, more things we want to buy, even just like in supporting our families. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. always going to, there's always going to be something else you could do more, but how are you going to have that contentment if you're not willing to do the inner work and figure out what's going to make you truly happy? What is actually worth it? You know, especially based off of our discussions, I think it's really important to look at what's worth it to you. What do you actually want at the end of the day? You know, and I think that if we aren't doing that internal work, if we're not being mindful of how we feel when we hit these goals, then we're going to quickly find ourselves in this constant struggle and battle with not enoughness, which is the bane of a lot of our existences. (laughs) Amen. I was going to say, I feel like 2020 is like the year where people are like, what do I want? What is important? What do I need? What do I stand behind? And it's like all of these, I mean, if anything, 2020 has been crazy, right? Like we've all been in this just wild year, but I do believe that there's so much goodness coming from these questions that people are being forced to ask themselves and their loved ones. And, you know, when you and I talk, even it's just like, so how do you really feel about this? And it, and it's, it uncovers a yeah. lot of things that have just lived under the covers for yes. years for so many people. I think it's a, sure. an awakening in a beautiful way. Oh, I think so too. I think so too. I think 2020 is a year of an awakening for sure for all of us. I think it's so difficult sometimes for us. As far as my clients go, I've seen that it's so difficult for them to imagine a life where they get everything that they want and they're happy. Like it shouldn't have to be an either or thing, right? And that's what I really want to teach women is that it doesn't have to be either or, it can be and. (laughs) You can get everything you want and be happy. You do not need to choose, you know, it's a decision. Amen. One thing I want to talk about, because I just, I love your perspective on this. And I think that it's something that we haven't necessarily discussed on this show before, but you wrote on your blog that anxiety might be a gift in some way for an entrepreneur. And truth be told, I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression. Let's talk about that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) anxiety, I think that there's definitely aspects of anxiety that it feels it's icky and it's messy and there's a lot of shame a lot of people have. And I really, even in my role as a therapist, I really want to debunk and and debunk the myth regarding anxiety being all negative. It can serve a purpose if you allow it to, right? No one wants to have that. No one wants to struggle that. And I'm talking about specifically clinical anxiety, not situational. But if you look at just anxiety, just as the, you know, just as the emotion, it keeps us alert and aware of our mindset blocks and our struggles in business. So when you look at it in your business, whenever I've had anxiety about something, that means I really honed in and I looked at what I felt was not right. And if there was something that wasn't going well in my sales process, in my lead gen process or whatever, I corrected it. So the anxiety can serve a purpose. 
and anxiety and excitement are twins and your body can't tell the difference between the two emotions physiologically. And so when you look at it from that perspective, sometimes we're really quick to label something as anxiety when it's, it could it also be that you're excited? You know, what about that? Have we, have you considered that? And this is, you know, again, I'm speaking to those who have situational anxiety and things like that, that come up. Anxiety and excitement can feel the exact same in our bodies. And sometimes that alone can feel so freeing when you realize like, oh, the bubble guts I have is yes. from excitement. <laughs> I'm oh, excited. so different. Even just the word feels different. You know? <laughs> it does. And it just elicits a different feeling. And so words are so powerful. And I think that's what I wanted to bring up with this blog post is that the language we use is powerful. And what is that verse? Like life and death lies in the power of the tongue. Yeah. And so when we make something mean, we're the ones that give it meaning, right? We're the ones that give it the power. But how beautiful could it be if you were able to reframe what it is that you're feeling for good? What if you looked at it without the lens of shame, but from the lens of grace? Like how, how much more excited would you be to go into these situations where you're uncomfortable and you realize that you're safe, you're mm -hmm. fine, nothing's going to hurt you right? It stems from that feeling of not feeling safe. Anxiety can push us into massive action. So when I think about just me, myself, and the times I feel the most anxious about doing something, that's when I know I just need to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. so just going for it and channeling that energy into huge change, right? Like that's a beautiful thing. And anxiety also lets us know that we're doing something scary and we're pushing ourselves to our limits. So anxiety is not always a bad thing. It can sometimes be showing us what the possibilities are and showing us, hey, like you are outside of your comfort zone and I want to keep you safe. <laughs> and we get to make the choice from then on to either keep doing the scary thing or to back away. But at least it puts the power back in our hands. Right. So, yeah, I think that looking at anxiety as a gift in a lot of ways can really help push you through those tough moments in business for sure. It's just another coping skill. The way we work together seemingly changed overnight. And if there's one thing we've learned, it's having access to the right resources is essential for adapting your business. Fiverr's online marketplace connects businesses with freelancers offering hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. Whether you're launching your first business, scaling your current business, or in need of extra support to complete a project, Fiverr's global network of on-demand freelance talent is here to help. Find exactly what you need and customize your service by service, deadline, price, seller, reviews, and more. No more guessing games. You'll know exactly what you're paying for upfront. No negotiating needed. I always turn to Fiverr for video needs. While my team can shoot and edit video, it would honestly slow us down because we are not the experts. Whenever I need an expert in video, I outsource to a Fiverr freelancer so I can stick to the things that I'm actually an expert in. Check out Fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order by using my code GOLDDIGGER. Find all the digital services you need in one place at F-I-V-E-R-R.com code GOLDDIGGER. Again, that's Fiverr.com code GOLDDIGGER. As entrepreneurs, no matter the type of business we run, we're also creatives. Creative problem solving, creative marketing, creative messaging, it's all a part of the gig. And at least for me and my team, digging into classes and creativity helps us bring new ideas to life for the business. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. Explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity. Members get unlimited access to thousands of inspiring classes with hands-on projects from a community of millions. So right now in my business, my team is slowing down for the summer months, and I always encourage them to look into classes to help them in their roles. Kylie, my podcast manager, wanted to learn how to create custom gold digger gifts, so she's starting a Skillshare class called Animation for Illustration, Creating Gifts with Procreate and After Effects. I may have to hop into that one with her. Explore your creativity and get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com. 
Bitly.com slash Gold Digger 2. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started and join today by heading to Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger 2. That's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at Skillshare.com slash Gold Digger and the number two. Yeah. Oh, I resonate with that so much. That leads me to my next question for you that I've Mm -hmm. been dying to ask, but talk to me about self-sabotage because I feel like women Mm -hmm. are even more prone to it maybe than men, but walk me through why we do that, what that looks like and where those thought patterns are really rooted when it comes to that. Yeah. So with self-sabotage, a lot of the time, the reason why we're doing that is because we don't actually believe that we're worthy of the, of what could possibly happen for us. We're not worthy. We don't believe that we're worthy of this working out for us. We don't believe that the success we want is actually possible. And so then we subconsciously, consciously throw or consciously (laughs) throw excuses, blocks in the way, just everything to just avoid feeling pain. Because really what it comes from is you are fearful that you are going to fail. You're fearful that it's not going to work out. So that's like your worst fear. And so when you self-sabotage, you're basically saying, I'm not even going to allow the possibility of failure to even be something that happens with me. So I'm just going to do everything I can to sabotage myself, sabotage that from ever happening. And then I never have to worry about it, which it just, it doesn't work. And so this could mean that you're talking yourself out of posting an awesome blog post. That means you might be talking yourself out of posting an awesome Instagram story or an awesome Facebook post, right? But because you feel and you worry that what if, what if somebody doesn't really, you know, appreciate what it is I have to say, then what, right? And so self-sabotage can just look like avoidance. It can look like not doing the work. So it takes its, it takes form a few different ways. It can take form based on avoiding. It can take form in regards to just throwing in monkey wrenches into your plans so that you don't have to go do it. I mean, think about it. Even self-sabotage at like a very minor level is like, I've definitely self-sabotaged in the past where it's like, you know, a friend wants me to come hang out late at night. And I'm like, uh, all of a sudden I'm really tired. (laughs) All of a sudden I forgot I had something else to do. So if you think about it on like a bigger scale, how often do we do that with opportunities that come our way in business? or opportunities where we could potentially benefit, but we're choosing to not reach out because we're self-sabotaging, right? We don't believe we're worthy and we don't believe that we're good enough. And the lies in your head have just been a lot louder than your action, but you can change that. And so I think when it comes to self-sabotage, it's really about identifying that that's what's occurring. Look at the ways in which it manifests and what are the triggers and what is it that you want to do about it? What do you want to do about it? Is that what you want to continue to do? Or do you want to choose something different? Because you have no idea what lies ahead unless you just stop the self-sabotage. You have to stop it. Stop the cycle. And then you can see what's really possible for you. As you're saying that, I'm like, okay, people are probably nodding their heads right now because they're like, yep, I've done that or I believe that. And it's almost like we literally have to make over our mindset. Yeah. And so I kind of want... And you are the queen of actionable items. So what are some actionable steps for somebody listening? And they're like, you know, I am afraid of success or I am self-sabotaging or I am feeling anxious about moving forward. What are some actionable steps that can kind of begin that almost mindset makeover that's mm. necessary? Yeah. So I like to look at what is the evidence for what it is that you feel? So you are fearing that you, you know, that the success you want isn't possible or that no one's going to listen to you. And so you're self-sabotaging. What's the evidence for that? Where did you get that from? Are you all of a sudden a fortune teller and no one knew? (laughs) And sometimes you can just ask yourself those introspective questions like, why is it that you are buying into the belief that your feelings should dictate how you proceed and how you move forward. Where's the evidence for what it is that you are most fearful of? Has it happened to you before or are you using other people's experiences as the reason why you don't want to move forward and do the scary thing? 
Because I think a lot of us, we don't often realize how we are sponges and we're always soaking up information, right? And so if you see your favorite leader or your favorite blogger or whatever, something bad happened and they get torn apart, you might file that in, in your mind subconsciously that, oof, that's proof that I can never get that big. Or that's proof that I should avoid doing this and this and this. And that may or may not be true. And so I think it's important to look at what is the evidence for what it is you you feel? What belief are you buying into where you are believing that you are not meant for more or whatever the issue is that you're self-sabotaging? Like, what is the belief that you have bought into? So those are like the top two questions I like for people to start when they want to really address and look at the reason why they're self-sabotaging. And what do you believe about yourself? Do you believe you're worthy of greatness? Like, what are your actual beliefs? I think a lot of us don't think about this stuff. And that's why the self-sabotage train keeps a chugging because we're not stopping to evaluate and really look at what is the evidence. That is the cornerstone of my work. What is the evidence for what it is that you feel? Because if we can get to what's actually true, then we can crush it in its tracks. And then we can start the reframing. And we, then we can start with interrupting the thought patterns. But we have to identify what are the triggers and what do you actually believe in order for us to move forward. You want to know what I'm thinking about right now? Yeah. <laughs> as you're saying all of this, I'm like, I do not know how you can do this as a job <laughs> and walk other people through this because <laughs> it is so necessary and you are so gifted. But talk to me, Topsy, about how you are holding space for yourself while also holding space for people to like dismantle their entire identity in order to rebuild in a productive way, right? <laughs> oh my God. Such a good question. I think, I honestly, I think it's my gift. I think it is my gift. I hold lots of space for people yeah, in both my coaching business and both my therapy practice with my friends. You want to know what it is? I am really, I, okay, I'm just going to brag on myself and yeah, women, you know, identifying women who are listening to this, <laughs> it is possible for us to compartmentalize and it can be healthy. And I think I have really done a good job of putting things in their boxes in my brain and opening them up when I want to. And it has been a lifesaver as it relates to my career, because I don't think I'd be able to do what I do if I wasn't able to separate myself from the issues. And so that's really what it is, is boundaries. I think I have really good boundaries where I'm able to take in a lot and hold a lot of space, but I don't digest it and make it a part of my being or make it my problem, if that makes sense. And so I really hold people accountable for doing their own work. So even though I might give some suggestions, some strategies, some thought work for them to do, it's ultimately up to them to have the transformation that they want. That's not my responsibility. And so Mm -hmm. I think that boundaries has been my lifesaver and compartmentalizing has been my lifesaver and being able to do this work day in, day out. I also think twerking. I love to twerk. (laughs) I was hoping you'd unleash this job soon. Oh my gosh. It's so interesting because when I first started in the online space, I didn't see anybody like really, really showing who they were. Right. And I wasn't even sure if I had the balls to do it, to be quite honest. Because that was like, I do this at home, but I was like, can I actually like twerk on camera? Like, how can I do this and still be taken seriously? And it took quite some time, but I think that dancing has just become a relief for me. Music is a relief and it's a release for me. And I think I just really realized that we can like twerk and be cute and be hot and be sexy and cuss and all the things and love Jesus and still be a work in progress and still do the work in this world and still impact lives. We don't have to choose. You can do it all and make bank while doing it. And that's really the basis for why it is I do what I do, because I truly believe that we don't have to choose. It can be and we can live a life of and. And that's just what I want to embody and what I want to show people. And I realize that especially on my Instagram stories that for a long time I was hiding that part of me. And I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Who cares? Like I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to make this fun. If I'm going to be on here and talking to you guys, you guys are going to get to know me and decide whether you want to pay me. (laughs) And why would you want to pay someone that you don't really know? So 
Yeah, I think that the authenticity piece (laughs) that we have talked about ad nauseum in this coaching field and in the online teaching space, the authenticity was something I really, it was important for me to embody that in my brand. So I hope that I do that. But yeah, twerking, hanging with my husband, swimming in the pool in the summertime. I don't like to play a lot of card games or anything like that. Wait, 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 wait. You don't swim in the pool. Let's get this straight. Well, I don't swim. Okay, so I don't (laughs) swim. Sorry. I like to lounge. I like to lounge around the pool me and me and jenna talked about this the other day we're like fake water people like it's totally okay i love to get chocolate by the pool i do not swim in the pool in fact i can't swim i just like to put my feet in so that's my idea of swimming okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm not letting this end line. Hold up. Um, I love it. Okay, so we have to talk about this though. I'm not gonna let you off of this point because I actually I think it's really, really critical and important. And I, I think that you do better than most when it comes to showing up with all the different facets of you. And I think if I've learned anything, no matter who you are, it's like you're a walking contradiction day in and day out, right? right. Like we're always like learning and growing and evolving and changing our minds yep. and saying one thing and doing another. And that's like the human yep. experience. Yep. But what I love about the way that you show up, whether it's just online in friendship or in business, you have this way of infusing who you are as a person mm. with your background, but also what you believe to be true and how you work with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that authenticity, you know, the catchphrase of it has been so lost mm-hmm. um, because people, especially when economics get involved, yeah. you start to get you know, yep. you start to, I don't know, walk me through this. Cause I know, you know what yeah, I'm talking about, but it's just something I've been thinking about a lot. Yeah. So, okay. So here is, here's my view. I think we make economics more complicated than what it needs to be. That's my belief. What I have seen is that if people resonate with you, with who you are, with how you integrate who you are, with teaching them valuable things, and they feel like they've gotten enough free value from you that they were willing to pay you. I learned that from Jenna Kutcher's podcast years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I remember listening to your podcast and taking notes like, yes, yes, yes. When we do that, people will pay us and we're the ones that overcomplicate it. I do think that it's important for us to keep in mind that the more we are fully ourselves, the more we are going to repel people who are just not our not our people. So those people will never pay us. Those people were never going to be your ideal client. Those people were your ideal clients at the time because of who they thought you were. Right. Mm -hmm. And so once they get to know, because everyone's an onion, right? We all have layers. And the more people find out, the more they decide whether or not they're on board with this. And if they're not, they're not. And I think that we have to be okay with the possibility that we are not going to be for everyone. It doesn't have to be complicated. There are people who will never pay me because they don't like how I show up. And that's okay. I want them to pay someone else. (laughs) I want them to get the education in whatever way. I don't need to be that person for them. And I think once we make peace with that, and once we make peace with the fact that we are not going to be everyone's cup of tea, like that is where true freedom is in business. That's honestly what I believe. I think that we make things so complicated and we overthink so much that business stops being fun. It starts being so serious and it's so stifling and it keeps us stuck. It really, really does. If people don't know you and don't know who you really are, then you're probably, you're actually doing them a disservice, right? Because people deserve to know who it is they're paying. People need to know that I cuss like a sailor. I will challenge you on your thoughts and love on you in the same time. At the same time, I will do that. And people know that about me and they're willing to pay me, which is awesome. That's how I know that they're my people, right? Like, especially recently, I've been incorporating a lot of content in regards to discussing white privilege and discussing, you know, just the income disparities and the wealth gap between blacks and whites in America. And just like all the things I have been doing a lot of education, but I've also been incorporating, you know, my own content and the mindset work that I do with female entrepreneurs and the importance of, you know, female entrepreneurs understanding how to be culturally responsive when they're working with black clients or when they're accepting, you know, payment from black people. And so I am able to, I think, gracefully walk that line of, 
I'm going to educate you. I'm going to hold you accountable, but I'm also going to love you and let you know that you're cared about, right? And let you know that shame has no room to live here. This is not about shame. And I think that the more that we can authentically own who we are, what we stand for, what we believe while still loving on people and letting them know that, hey, like you are welcome here. Like that is where the magic happens. And that's where your sales will freaking skyrocket. I mean, just being honest, you know? Well, talk to me because you have done this, like even just in the last week or two weeks with your new offer. I think that you (laughs) are this beautiful example of seeing a need and understanding your role in filling that and then just doing the dang thing. Like you messaged me one day and you're like, two days later, you're like, here's a sales page. Like, so talk to me about that because I think that one of your gifts is that you don't overcomplicate things Mm-mm. and you take that excitement or anxiety yes. and you move it forward so yep. that it's not this long drawn out process or super strategic plan. It's like, here it is. And here, <laughs> like, let's go. So walk oh, me I know. That. Oh my God. So this is such a good conversation to have on. It's just so funny. Cause I remember listening to your podcast like years ago and being like, okay, so I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. And it's just been beautiful, right? Like over the years, just really figuring out what works for me, what works for my audience, what works for my business model, what kind of business I want to run. And so what I think I've done really well is just, just, so when you, this is just from my, my perception, my experience, and with my clients, when we have ideal clients that are tuned into what we have going on and they're buying from us and they love what it is that we have to offer. A lot of the time we think that the buying decision takes a super long time. Jenna, I have seen people follow me on Monday and they bought a $2,000 coaching package or something for me on Friday. Like, because they were obsessed with my content, obsessed with who I was. They digested all of my free stuff. They were tuned into my stories, asking questions, really engaged. And then they're like, you know what? I need you in my life. I need to work with you. How can we make this happen? Right. And so I think I am the queen of breaking the rules. I don't think Mm -hmm. it needs to look a certain way in business. And I think with my newest offer, Destroy the Mindset Drama, this is a very niche offer. That's something that I love to do in my business. I love to create outside of like the programs I already have in my product suite, I love to create super niche offers that no one's talking about. The first one was Cut the Check Masterclass. And that was teaching online coaches or online business owners how to command payment for guest coaching and other people's masterminds, group coaching programs, etc. And so I was like, I saw the need. People didn't know that they could get paid for that. (laughs) And I was like, this is not acceptable. You need to be paid for your expertise. And so Destroy the Mindset Drama is designed for online coaches who want to elevate their clients' results by providing them with evidence-based mindset methodology in their business. And so really, you want to refine your mindset skills as an online coach if you're a good fit for this offer. And you want to actually learn the why behind a lot of the questions that you're asking your clients in your coaching sessions. Because a lot of people, a lot of business coaches, nutritional therapists, etc., they do a lot of amazing mindset work, but they don't often understand why they're doing it, what to do next, right? What happens when the client doesn't understand how to, you know, it doesn't understand that sales is not scary, right? Like, how do you work through that mindset block? People, because people don't know what they don't know, right? And so people reach their level of, you know, their level of expertise is kind of like, okay, this is where it ends. This is where I'm going to need to refer you out. But what if, you know, we could equip online educators, online coaches with the mindset, evidence-based mindset frameworks to be able to use that in their programs and to have it be a regular part of what it is that they're offering their clients. Like, hey, I can help you through that. And I'm going to be providing them with everything I know that I've transferred into my coaching business that's helped me, you know, have a six figure business. So that's my goal. And I just I launched it fast. I launched it dirty. And you know, it's <laughs> it's selling out and it's awesome. But I just didn't think much about it. I think I did like one. No, I haven't even done. I don't even know if I've done a post about it on my feed. I make most of my sales from my stories and some from my email list. So yeah, it's about doing what you can with what you have and then pivoting and adjusting later. Mm. So good. You're such a good example of that. And I just, I love watching it because it's so obvious that you are someone that can see a need 
understand your role in filling it. So you're not filling shoes that you weren't meant to fill. You're filling (laughs) your shoes and you're just getting it out there. And I think nowadays more than ever, people need to take the momentum that's building and like run with it. And when we overthink everything, it just causes everyone to stop and all that forward motion just halts. And that's like what we as business owners should try to avoid. So I think you do such a good job of that. Thank you so much. I learned a lot from you and your podcast as well and your community. So, well, I want to know as my final question, are there any foundations, resources, or organizations that you'd love to highlight today to help spread the awareness for myself and for my listeners? Oh, yes. So I have a freebie called the five boundaries you must have when you're struggling with imposter syndrome. And I think this freebie could be really helpful for those people in your audience that really are struggling with imposter syndrome, but they don't often understand how sometimes what we're doing and our behaviors actually encourages it and makes the imposter monster feel like it's constantly invited to the party. So I really wanted to equip, especially people who are new to me, new to my work, I wanted to equip you guys with just that understanding of knowledge of how imposter syndrome only stays where it's invited. And so that's where this freebie was born. So the five boundaries you must have when struggling with imposter syndrome, I'm sure it'll be in the show notes, but I would love for you to dive into it and let me know your thoughts on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Yes. So give us all the places that we can connect with you. Yeah. My website is topsyvandenbosch.com. Instagram, Topsy Vandenbosch. Watch my stories. That's where I'm most active. I'm always twerking, acting a fool, (laughs) showing off my husband, his fine self. I'm just always acting a fool on there. And I'm not as active on Facebook, but you're going to find me on Instagram. Just acting a fool. Get on my email list, download my freebie, absorb my stuff. You'll be obsessed. It's like a drug. Not even going to lie. It is. It is. Oh my goodness. I am so grateful that we got to have this conversation. I think there are so many just key takeaways and important things that so many of us are navigating and have navigated and will navigate as women and entrepreneurs and people that need to deal with the mindset stuff. So thank you for sharing your heart and your expertise with us today. It was the biggest joy. Thank you so much for having me, Jenna. This was a blast. Always. I'll see you in the uh, text messages in about. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Isn't Topsy incredible? I know this conversation was so necessary for so many of us who have struggled with mindset or limiting beliefs or have felt that imposter syndrome that Topsy talked about. She is an incredible, incredible leader and she is so dang good at her job. I really sincerely hope you go and check her out at Topsy Vandenbosch on Instagram and you can find all of her goodness and her incredible dance skills waiting for you right there. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com.